welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Hey, Brad, guess what? What? We are flipping back. Woohoo! It has been too long. It's been too long. I've heard it. I'm I'm hearing it, and I would say that I'm tired of hearing it, but we deserve it. So we apologize. I, at least I do. I don't know. Speak for yourself, dude. I apologize. But I am stoked to be back. We've got a whole well, a whole bunch. My I don't want to overinflate. We've got a handful of things here in the hopper right now that we will add to this episode. This is going to be a normal length, but jam-packed full of stuff, because it's been a while. There's a lot to go over, a lot to talk about, and uh, and stuff that we alluded to before that we did do, we just haven't released. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm glad to finally talk to you again. I feel like, man, we uh, we spoke more during COVID than right now. Although, I guess, are we still in COVID? I, I think so. Yeah. Technically, we're just doing better, I think, is the, the right way to state that. I don't know. Things I'm, are opened up, right, I guess? That's what I mean. A lot more is opened up. We could be talking to each other a lot more, yet we're doing it a lot less. Because that's probably why, man. Work, day job got crazy. But nonetheless, that's no excuse. I'm sorry. And we are back. Yes. And what episode is this? This is, this is a big one. Like a really big one. Like... like- like a novel one that most I, i'm not gonna inflate us that way either but i think a lot of people don't make it this far and we almost didn't either you know it, is, there was why so, was this so tough to hit this one I, I think you know i'll be honest i put a big a little pressure in my head of how big this should be and how cool it should be and in fact i think i've talked about it so i apologize because i don't know that it'll be everything we said it was but this is the big century man this is number 100 100 we have now recorded 100 episodes of our dumb faces talking about motorcycles to a bunch of people that probably don't care so thank you for listening yeah i don't think they know what our faces look like so it's okay it really is does that include so does 100 include our like prequel episodes i know this is more for me and you where we were trying to figure out what we were doing I think we have five or six quote-unquote lost episodes or whatever we want to call them. That being said, a handful of them are on the Patreon account, and that has also fallen back. Not that it matters because nobody's paying for it, but you know they are there if somebody <laughs> wants to buy a month and then get there, you know, and then quit afterwards. You can listen to five. I think we only have two of them on there, two fresh episodes and a handful of posts. We kind of push that Patreon and realize that this isn't a business and we are doing this because we love it. Yeah, yeah, we just enjoy visiting with one another. We might as well be recording it, and uh, so everybody else can laugh at us too. Yeah, if, if if we find out, you know, that everybody would like to support us, great. And Patreon is there, and we have an account. But I'm not gonna. I don't know. It got a little shameless on the the, the Patreon plug at the end of every episode, so I gave up because I'd rather just talk bikes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. So what? has been new for you oh man with bikes like your bikes. what have you been doing it's been so long so what have you done been a minute and a half at least um man where do i don't even remember where we're at at this point i have gotten a handful of things done actually so my bike 
uh, you know, normal service. I ride, do a handful of rides. We have had a couple of good group rides out in the area with, uh, even outside of just, you know, our, our local usual gang, we've had a handful of, uh, handful of listeners join. We've had a handful of new writers kind of join the group. I've been posting a lot on Facebook. So, uh, you know, I'll already start with that shameless plug that make sure to join our Facebook group because that has been active despite the podcast not. So if you were missing us, you could have joined us. You could have listened to us and, and, and followed us there. Um, so in the future, remember when we go, when we ghost you, you can still find us on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we've had a handful of good rides up through, uh, there's a great loop up here. Click still one of the kind of hidden loops, although it's getting more busy. We've done, uh, the airport tour, but I think we talked about that. Yeah. Okay. And then we, uh, we've done a couple of coast rides. Uh, I'm trying to think a couple of rides up through Mount St. Helens, there's been a handful of rides that we've really picked up a lot of new uh, new riders that have joined the group and, and participated a bit with the conversation and, and helped everybody grow and and build uh, at least our local community here. If uh, if we've been lazy about the global community we've tried to create, we've at least helped build our local one. So that's been really fun. Uh, otherwise, I am making crazy good progress on the JT1 build. Ooh. I nice. have gotten everything polished, painted, set up. I now have the entire front suspension and rear suspension rebuilt and assembled. Uh, basically, I need to install the fully rebuilt engine and then bodywork. And that bike is 100% done and ready to go. So, Ooh, the bodywork can take a while, though. I mean, how rough can. is it? Uh, it's, it's not terrible. Uh, it'll be likely a Saturday per, you know, a weekend per piece. So, you know, fuel tank fenders will be, you know, that, that's two and one basically. So that'll all be joined in one weekend. I'm still probably a couple months out from being ready to, to kick it out the door at the pace that, you know, the weekend pace I'm running, but mm-hmm. it is looking clean and good and, and fresh brakes and fresh, you know, fresh everything really. What, what couldn't be restored cleanly has been replaced with new old stock or completely rebuilt uh in-house so it's uh it's up and up and coming as as a new bike and i'm pretty stoked to tear it around the neighborhood a little bit and we'll probably actually put that one up for sale so i don't know that i have a need to hang on to that beyond beyond a, a little bit of fun after it's done and make you know test rides making sure it's good okay so we can get a little rowdy with that one maybe do it do a podcast on trashing it on a on a dirt bike trail why not i mean it is a <laughs> it is a little mini enduro i think it'll kill it no that's cool so what about the gladiator how's that been coming gladiator's got a little bit of work but uh that one's i've realized i had all these little projects floating in the corner i've rearranged the shop in a way that i can now focus on basically two by two builds at once um kind of arranged all of my equipment so i can use it without having to move things around too much but with the winter, with all of that in the winter, I've also worked on kind of reducing my load of, uh, of equipment. There's a handful of tools and, and things I just don't need that I've been, you know, selling off on, on the marketplace or whatever to neighbors and, and friends and things like that to just kind of get out so I can have the space to, to be highly productive. So that one's a little further along, but, uh, you know, a lot of that's been, a, you know, low, Dennis has always been a good uh, a good example of this. 
but he he always told me that it's hard to to wrench and ride and that's kind of what i found this year with covid there's been so much open road that i've spent more time riding than wrenching yeah yeah and for me i mean i i have not taken the time i've got everything set up to do the klr and i'm just going uh, there's other things when it's nice right now and i'm kind of behind the wagon anyway to be able to ride it much uh, this year, I've got the the V Star, so I've been riding that with the Clickletat Loop, and also to the coast with you guys at least once. Been riding into work uh, pretty regularly, and uh, spending time with family, right? Going fishing, spending doing other things. So haven't haven't done a lot there, but uh, definitely involved. Been enjoying being on the road, and uh, especially with the group. That was a great time when we were around at the Clickletat Loop. Loop. I know we wanted to do a little bit of a recording on that, and it's just tough. When you're without, with, out with the group and you want to maybe, uh, I don't know, it's not like we want to do interviews in, in that way and make it awkward, but to be able to like get people involved because some people want to be a part of the podcast, but how do you incorporate that, right? I think that I, for me, like when we're out there and you're like, I've got my recorder, I'm going, I don't, how do I, without going around and being that guy that just is wanting to talk to everybody now, what do you think? And shoving it in their face, right? So, uh I don't know. That's just what I was thinking about. But it was an awesome ride. Uh, got to see and spend time with a bunch of uh, great dudes from from work and uh, others that had friends. And you had a neighbor that joined us and others. And so I, I thought it was great. I thought it was really cool. Uh, first time kind of doing it with that size of a group um, and on a bike that I could kind of keep up with uh, everybody on. So that was fun. That was fun to have you on that. It's been a while since we've had a ride like that. So it was nice to to have you come along and i think we ended up having a i mean that was a pretty big group that day uh the click attack loop i mean it's it's not a huge loop but that was one of those rides that had so many people that it definitely you know took uh took some time every stop was a little longer and that's you know one of the kind of the nature of uh of group rides that if you have a handful of people every stop everything takes a bit longer so you know we we did that but you're right it is difficult in those situations especially a ride situation where you know, people want to be riding. It's it's hard to record too much of what's going on in that. Uh, we intended to have a lot more uh, a lot more content. We'll call it. Uh, you know, from that for for episode one hundred, that was one of our. All right, we'll do this, uh, and it ended up being just a very long day of riding and and seeing some awesome roads and sights and spending time with friends that didn't end up with really yeah, much if yeah. any content. One, one wreck on the way, so it was a good reminder to ride within your your own um, abilities. Fortunately, uh, not our group, just to clarify. Yeah, that's a good clarification. And then uh, it was the first day that the river had uh, opened up, I guess, up there. So it was kind of busy, but it didn't seem that bad. Did it seem that bad to you? I mean, we had a few times that we were passing some cars, but not bad. Wasn't too bad. I, you know, we started a little early. We definitely saw a lot more people going, you know, the other way or, or put on as we were going. So I think we were, you know, not, not the first uh, first one to the ride there, but we were definitely, you know, early enough that we missed the, the rush. And you could definitely tell that this was like people ready to be done, ready to start seeing uh, their colleagues, their peers and and others, after all of this uh, COVID time, uh, being away from others or not being able to do this regularly because we're like, okay, we're going to stop here for a little bit and then we'd be hanging out, everybody would strip yeah. and we'd be 
visiting for a while and it's like, okay, we're going to go up to the top and we're just going to stop just for a minute to take pictures. Well, everybody except Dennis takes off all of their gear and is just doing the same thing that we had just done like 10 minutes. What was it? It wasn't even that long before that. So we're up yeah. at the top, this viewpoint, just to get a picture. We got some pretty good pictures with the V-Star as the centerpiece and it was great. <laughs> but, you can, but there's only one person that's still fully geared up and that was Dennis. Then he would take his helmet off. He knew. He, like The intent was just to stop there for a minute. And then we go just a little bit further. It wasn't that much farther. Maybe another 15, 20 minutes. And then we were at that uh, at that place that everybody had their burgers. And we got some fuel and kind of ended up split. So it's just like, I mean, we had a good, it was a great trip. I mean, we visited for a while in Washougal. We went up there. We, I mean, it was, it was just fun because it wasn't just about, uh, just about the ride, which is already a part that is critical that we all love right that's what that's what we're all here that's what we're talking about but it was also the community aspect and how uh we all just wanted to be there and just be with great people that had their stories that they wanted to tell and people to listen and laugh and just enjoy uh being out there together and sharing this common interest yep i think that that that's a, a really good observation that it ended up being a lot of a lot of conversation of everybody in the group kind of getting to see each other again and spend that time on the bikes together. So, you know, maybe it's a good uh, a good plug for people to get calm so we can do more of that while we're riding. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, it, it was fun. For, uh, no listening fun. to music. Didn't we have an episode on that? Yeah, we did of, of why you would actually need comms. And, and so, uh, yeah, that, anyway, that episode. One of the rides that I, I, you hadn't participated with us, but we had a big group go down to the coast on, on one of our rides and do a little coastal ride, um, is we actually ended up with, uh, you know, we, we've spoken about him before, and I think he'll appreciate the plug, but turns out Ryan has comms. And so we ended Ooh. up connecting up, which became a very fun and irritating game, because, you know, the, the chicken <laughs> and I tend to talk on comms often anyway, if we're on the same ride, and then... Ryan shows up with the same, you know, same comms. So I decided kind of without anyone noticing to link up and then I could just switch back and forth without any warning. And just, you know, I think he was listening to music with his comms as he likes to do, because that's the main reason for comms <laughs> and just immediately shut off his music and begin talking to him. And he had no way to disconnect me. And it might've been <laughs> the greatest experience I've had in a long time with Ryan where I could just annoy him mercilessly and there was very little he could do without pulling over and losing the group so that was uh you know for better or worse maybe that's a plug against comms but it was very fun and a new way to use comms that i found you know incredibly rewarding we'll call it was was he on the hawk i'm assuming he was on the hawk what no no no, no. he was on the the v-strom oh he's got a oh, what I, I thought that he got this hawk for this kind of stuff no that's for uh <laughs> I think uh, to quote him, hardcore off-roading, but we may get a nasty email to to clarify that. Um, but I well, think I think right was... now it's off-road just as much as my KLR is, right? Yes, I think that's that's what happens. Sorry, Ryan, had to talk about it. So yeah, early on, we're, we're 15 minutes in here, and, and Ryan, you're 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 already called out. So we'll hear about this, but you know, <laughs> this is why we do it, really, to build that community. <laughs> But no, aside from that, one of the things that was intended to be probably not an episode 100, but we will definitely include in here as well, is the opportunity I had, we we had, but uh, ended up getting a, a adjunct co-host to go up and attend as 
uh, you know, one of the resident podcasts, the Moto America in our area. And Ooh. that was, uh, that was a pretty cool experience. We, we ended up driving just due to the 120 degree heat that we were seeing in the Northwest. Uh, we can get into the specifics of that, but man, we had a heat wave. Uh, so we drove to benefit from the AC because driving home, uh, riding home for four hours on Sunday and 120 degrees on the freeway just didn't seem fun. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, a few that. moments that that I I may actually wuss out. Turns out that's one of them. Um, I decided that the driving was a better, at least a safer option coming back. But had to, you know, got a lot of fun, fun little clips, fun little chats. But really, from from what we'll get to hear, and we'll uh, we'll have a discussion here at the end, uh, you know, a little later on with with some of this is, but but got to talk to really three, four, we'll call it four specific groups, and we'll fit them in where they make sense uh, as we talk about them here in a minute, but was able to talk to one of uh, one of the track schools that's run by a Moto America racer, uh, Ooh, which is okay. a pretty cool discussion just regarding what their opportunity is from a track school perspective, a little different than a lot of the, uh, you know, a track day or things like that that you can do. This school had, had some cool options that, that we'll get into. Um, also got to speak with the rep from HJC Helmets, which was fun. I tend to be a, a proponent of HJC. I think that their their bang for your buck is one of the better. Uh, from did from they give you a free helmet? I did not get a free helmet. Got a lot of Whoa! advice. Got a lot of uh, a lot of fun discussions on how uh, yeah on how <laughs> they uh, you know what what he does for the the race teams. It's pretty cool. We'll get into that. But as well, uh, there's a a glove jacket, basically a, a moto wear company, Taichi, which I had not really heard of. They choose not to, to go through kind of the big online outfitters. So have some information there, including a discount code for their equipment. So keep an eye out for that. Um, Cause as we get into it, we will have that for everyone here. Uh, that is for, cool. for all the listeners confirmed that everybody gets the discount. So, um, when we get into that, pay attention. We'll give you a discount code, and we'll also throw it again at the end of the episode. But probably my favorite moment of being able to have that media pass was a pretty cool, it was a little nonchalant, not really you know as official of an interview as I'd like, but when it's 120 degrees, it's hard to get the writers out and sitting and putting themselves through that when they have to go compete in an hour. Um, so I actually ended up running into and getting a chance to chat with Jake Gagne, who was the points Ooh. leader this year. All and right. just a phenomenal rider. So we will talk a little bit more about that and add some clips from that uh, in the podcast as well. But that was uh, that was pretty cool, man. It was really one of the first times, you know, we've gone to the one show. We've gone to some of these, you know, ride at your own risk or, or play at your own pace events. But this was kind of a, a big official event that we had the opportunity to go and, and record and, and get some, some content and really have fun and enjoy. So... Uh, that was a pretty cool. You were kind of asking what we've been doing. That was a pretty cool experience. No, that's awesome. So, okay, so uh, just to just to, for clarity here, uh, it was my anniversary weekend, so it didn't really work out for me to attend with you. So, who did you get to go with you? You will hear snippets and basically background chatter from the Chicken Hawk. <laughs> No way! He made it take there? The reins, but we ended up driving up and, and staying in the area and ran through, because of the heat, we just did the Saturday and Sunday. So, some qualifiers in the morning, uh, on Saturday, the end of qualifiers, and then the initial heat one races. 
and then Sunday was just practice laps and then the uh, the race too. So we were there for both of that and the full day, both days, and we're able to, uh, yeah. I mean, we we can get into the specifics as to what that was, but I think that's the the bulk of our episode today. Is this is episode one hundred? We appreciate everybody hanging with us, and number two, we got to to go to the Moto America, so let's talk about it. So we got to spend two days with professional racers and their teams and the sponsors and right just a, a myriad of people. Moto America uh, really treated us well, able to get uh, you know some good parking, which really mattered when it was so hot as it was, uh, and then you know help help in, not not necessarily introduce, but give us some opportunities to to have a few places to cool off and. And not necessarily be sitting out in the heat all day, but uh, but yeah, it was an excellent event despite the heat. But also, you know, I think the heat added to some of the uh, some of the amazing racing that we saw. Um, you know, and I, okay, so you got to be in the pits and you got to watch some of the races. I'm so assuming. we could go anywhere. Obviously, any normal normal person could go, but we also did get to get behind the scenes in a couple, three locations. That's about it, really. So let's just, let's take a step back. Moto America, man, I couldn't believe how family-friendly and or open and generous and nice it was. Um, if you just pay to get tickets, if you show up with just, you know, you don't need your media and all the stuff that we had. If you just show up with your normal ticket, you can walk through the, uh, you know, each team location. You can walk right by where they're working on the bikes, where the racers are going in and out of their trailers, where all the vendors, where all the support crew, uh, you know, you can walk to any of the stands as long as you're behind the fences and really do 90% of anything and everything that there is to see and do. Um, it was pretty cool. I mean, how friendly you'll, you'll hear in our conversation with, with Jake Gagne, like a couple of dudes came walking up, you know, younger guys that are going to do their first, uh, they may have by now, but going to do their first track days asking for tips. And it was just a couple of, you know, 19, maybe they were younger than that. I got to assume at least 16 with licenses, but a couple of young guys that have little bikes and we're going to do a track day up at, up at the Ridge Motorsports Park and, you know, asking him for, for some tips, which is, it's pretty fun. We'll, we'll definitely share that as part of the whole interview. We'll share the whole thing. Um, but, it was fun to see how he kind of started with some advanced tips and maybe backed off a little bit with just be careful, you know, don't, don't override oh. yourself kind of things. But I thought it was very, okay. very cool that if you've done a track day or ridden for a number of years and understand what he was initially talking about, uh, great tips, even for the experts to, to pick up in that. And, and it comes in a little, you know, he was talking to someone else over because they stopped by looking for an autograph. So it wasn't necessarily talking into the mic at that point, but, you can still hear it, and we'll include that because I think it's a pretty cool testament to how open and cool the whole event was. That the number one dude that has just been killing it this year—I mean, annihilating the competition. Right? It's not like he's 
even keeping it close. Like he's gone and, and stays gone the entire race, most of these races. Wow. And, you know, he's willing to come out and, you know, and talk to us. But when somebody walks up, just, yeah, hey guys, what's going on? Well, you know, what what's happening to, you know, any passerby, which I found very cool. I mean, I, I was really impressed with the friendly feel of the whole event. And that's, I guess, my, my big take a step back from everything and what Moto America is doing for racing in America for motorcycles. They're making it so approachable, and I thought that was really impressive. Oh, that's really cool. So one of the things that I'm curious about uh, that's in line with at least Moto America and you you being there uh, as a media representative, how many how well represented was uh, was it by the media at this event? I mean, did you see any other podcast groups? Did you see anybody that you recommend? Like, what what did it feel like? Did it feel like you were an elite, obviously, you know, it was very down to earth. The guy wasn't giving you preference over somebody else that was walking by. But I mean, how did that, how did it feel being there? So for me, it was, uh, it didn't feel too, no, too different. I mean, I think that, that everyone was pretty open to anyone else around. Uh, it wasn't anything that, that was, you know, extremely touted or, or, that gave too much preference to to us within what we're doing. Uh, you know, our, our past allowed us to get into the pits and to get kind of beyond the wall for good photos and things like that, if that's what we wanted to do. Um, you know, it gave a, a couple of little benefits, but realistically, it was just very friendly to everyone. There wasn't a huge presence from video and audio outside of what Moto America itself is doing. So... That was kind of one, you know, very heavily covered from a photo news perspective and a written journalism perspective, but it doesn't seem sure. like there was too much going on. Now, I know, right, our, our announcers from Moto America have, you know, their own podcast and they're, they're already having these discussions. So it is a thing that, that we, can, we can run with, um, you know, outside of what we're doing more officially in the Moto America realm. But, um, but it was definitely, you know... Definitely didn't see see a lot of other people running around with recording equipment. Let's put it that way. Okay, I mean, not that we have we have the, I know we have a lot, and we have to have our own like group carrying everything. Oh, so the, that's very obvious. Yes, yes, our groupies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to carry the one handheld recorder. Yeah, yeah, they help set up the uh, stage and you know the whole thing. Yep. Yeah, but uh, okay, so <laughs> but but you got to be there, and it was crazy hot. So was the turnout good, even with the heat? Uh, the turnout was very interesting, man. It, Ooh, it, really? it was definitely not um, not what I expected. We'll put it that way. Uh, there was so okay, okay. So everybody was wearing sweatshirts or something. I mean, I, I don't understand what you, that means. What does that mean? You, you could reserve me? spots if you wanted to do that, right? There's general admission, or you could go ahead and pick a site and pay a little extra for that. And there was just basically a, a paper taped to your seat that said, "Hey, nobody can sit here because so and so has this either Saturday, Sunday, or both, right? Uh, or Friday in right. certain cases, or somebody had done the whole weekend." A lot of those were left open throughout the days. Um, so I think a lot really? of people decided, you know, it's, it's hot and I'll watch from home. Um, and so wow. I was impressed with how many people were still there, uh, from a, a number of people perspective, because it was, I mean, getting away from just the experience and how awesome it was to, to be up there in the heat of the races and, and chatting with these guys by the end of the day, right at five o'clock on Saturday or three thirty Sunday, it was hot, like dangerously hot, right? You were yeah. 
sweat wasn't doing much for you because the wind's coming at you at 120 degrees and it's still just as hot when it evaporates. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, I came home Sunday night somewhat sick. Uh, you know, a little bit of heat yeah. exhaustion. I drank enough water that it wasn't anything bad. But I, you know, I had chills and a fever and, and it took me a few hours from sitting in my air conditioned home to get back to the point that I wasn't just shot um, after two days of sitting Dang. out there. So, it, it, you know, it, it was hot. Now, how about the chicken hawk? How did he do? Uh, he did better than I did from a, from a long-term perspective, but by the end of each day, we were done. Like, we were happy to be in the car, crank the AC, grab a couple of cold waters from the cooler, and, uh, you know, and, and cool off, because it, it was hot. But, uh, you know, that, that was one, one sentiment you'll hear in a lot, of our, a lot of our content we have. At least a couple people mentioned it, but no one really expected the hottest race of the year to be, you know, Seattle, Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. And I can only. One of the things I'll I'll post it. I've got a picture that I've I've shared with some of our our more direct crew and and group, but um, it's pretty cool. I have a picture from one of the racers that he shared with me um, of his rear tire after Saturday's maybe Sundays. I'll clarify on the picture, so keep an eye on Facebook. But to look at how the rubber melted was was pretty incredible. Um, it was it was so hot that the tires were wearing a little different. It definitely was slimy. You could tell after a few laps that that hitting corner corner paces and the way the track was acting uh, was was very different than what riders expected. In fact, uh, early early in the conversation with uh, once we kind of got a little more personal with Jake, he mentioned some some flaws that were coming up from the track that were changing the dynamics of specifically the the chicane early on that they would hit that. And it was just so hot that the road was, was changing, right? The tarmac of the track was causing some issues and breaking up and, and getting some loose spots because of the heat. It was cooking the the tarmac. I mean, they, they had mentioned a couple of times that on the tarmac was over one thirty, which makes sense, right? Black tarmac, 115 degree day, 120 degree day. It's going to be hotter, but it was, you know, those guys out there, 16 laps, you know, 14 laps, depending on which, which class you're running, I mean, that's a friggin' hot day on a bike going, no matter how fast you're going. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I just found the picture that you'd shared with our uh, with our chat group uh, at work. And uh, yeah, that tire just looks, it looks nuts. I, I've never seen a tire that looks like it has scales on it. Yeah, and that, that's kind of, usually you'll get the globs and the melted rubber on the corners and all of that. But it was, you know, on the straights and coming into the corners, coming you know, they, even for racing tires. They were, they were, they were worn. Dunlop is the, uh, you know, is the, the tire manufacturer that, that supports Moto America. And they definitely had their work cut out for them to pick the right compound and keep track of that and support these teams. They were swapping tires like you wouldn't believe, trying a couple of different compounds, really working hard. Um, you know, you watch the teams. That was, that was really fun. And you didn't, right? Anybody could have done this. If you ever go to a Moto America race, I highly recommend spending time down in the, the team areas. They, they pull out their, you know, their workspaces are just big tents with open wall, right? Open air windows, basically, um, you sure. know, coming off of their trailers. And you can watch them working on the bikes and swapping tires and cleaning parts. And, and, you know, if it's damaged, pulling plastic and replacing and, all the work that they do, changing oil after each race, or at least after every couple races, and and watching the big guys, right? The team, you know, the team Yamaha guys that are doing all their work, or or Ducati, or you know, the guys from the elite of the elite, right? From the superbike, 
class. It's it's pretty impressive to see the amount of work they do, especially when it was 115 friggin' degrees. Like watching some of these teams, yeah, I didn't get an interview with them, but and I wish I had. He was just working so hard. There was no way. There was one guy, and I never picked up his name. Um, he w- he was Italian, lo and behold, on the Ducati team. Because uh, I chatted with him for a hot second just to congratulate, or not congratulate, but thank him for being so positive. This, I mean, he was smiling and working his butt off. I didn't see him stop the entire day, either day. Just hustling, 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 working so hard to get that bike ready uh, in between races. And it was on Baz's team um, for, for Ducati, uh, was it Ducati New York? And uh, But he was just, you know, so happy to be there and just smiling ear to ear and just working his butt off in this heat. And I, I was impressed. I mean, it was fun to walk through these teams and see see the effort and love they have for the sport. Wow. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That's really cool that you guys got the opportunity to go and do that and experience it. And I, I just can't even imagine. It sounds too hot. That sounds crazy. When we get, so, you know, kind of transition to some of the conversations we had, we do talk a little bit about that with, uh, with the HAC guy. So it's interesting that, that he was here, you know, to support the teams. Uh, I found that pretty interesting as well as we get into some of the specifics that we talked about or, or got to see. You know, he wasn't there to hawk helmets or gear or any of that. Uh, they don't, he had nothing for sale, nothing available to purchase. He was literally there swapping, um, you know, swapping, uh, visor tear-offs for each of the teams that that used hjc helmets and at a couple of moments guys that didn't that were having trouble with their non-hjc equipment and he was helping make it work um and he literally just goes there to support the teams because obviously you know they're they're happy to have that uh you know that moniker on their on their title that so and so wears an hjc helmet so on and so forth right a number of the right number of the riders do, and right. you can tell by just looking at their pictures what helmets they're running. But um, proudly used by riders on the American, exactly. you know, Moto. American but he team. was one of the, you know, one of the bigger sales reps in the nation, and he comes to these just so he can support the teams and hang out. Um, and it was pretty cool. We just sat and had a conversation. It wasn't about sales, but we do get into a little bit of that, right? What helmets are good for? You know, what are they using in the race here? What are we using when? Whoa, 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 whoa! You got you. you what does he ride? Oh, we did get into that a little bit. Uh, we'll have to listen into the conversation because we did get into a little bit of riding. And he okay. he's from yeah. California, enjoys riding, but very much, from what I understand, a daytime and fair weather rider, which I guess makes some sense if you're if you're in California. That's that's most of the days of the year, so good for him. Okay, <laughs> fair weather's hard to pull off as much if you're in the Northwest because we get a lot of rain. But nonetheless. Um, we got into that a little bit, but we talked a lot about, you know, with these riders being 115 degrees, right? What, what helmets do they use and they keep them cool in this kind of heat? You know, what uh, what experience is he having with these riders? What what does he have with customers that maybe struggle? We got a little bit into uh, outsourced, uh, not outsourced, but, but third-party licensing, uh, you know, because you can buy a, a Harley-Davidson branded helmet or a Yamaha branded helmet that, um, you know, that, that is not made by harley or yamaha or name your favorite company or or licensed product it, the original helmet you know maybe an hjc it may be somebody else but in this conversation we're talking about specifically those but some of the difficulties in helping with warranty or issues with those helmets that may come up from worn out parts or things like that that have to then be sourced from the licensing entity because 
you know, if it's custom colored and custom made specifically for them, it's not through the HAC normal routes. And so it, it was just very interesting. Uh, you know, definitely listen in here. We'll uh, we'll play this clip, but interesting to to hear a little bit of the ins and outs of the helmet world, right? More than just go pick your favorite helmet, try one on, and buy it. But uh, but if we listen in here, we'll learn a lot more about about exactly. You know, what does, does he talk about? Um, does he talk about uh, comms as well being built into him, and whether that's something that's just for the race side or for? Uh, civilian use as well or did, did you guys did you guys discuss from that? a from a race perspective it's not there um uh, it's just that's that's just not the case um so we didn't get into it there we did talk a little bit about the built-in comms and how that functions and that's kind of how we got into the licensing conversation is that you know all those center units are put into oh. the hjc helmets you know it's it's this weird game of who actually covers different issues uh they, they can okay, get okay. difficult we're gonna get into that morning on the con conversation is that you know be patient because it may not be as clear as, you know, my HAC helmet has an issue with its Senna inputs. So, you know, if one of them can't help and points in the other direction, sometimes you just got to pick up a, a screwdriver and figure it out. If it's not completely faulty and it's just kind of a, a concern, sometimes neither company can really do too much because of that licensed partnership. And it was just very real talk. I'd, I'd rather that. just personally use a hammer or a high-powered <laughs> rifle or something like that when I want to take my aggression out, because that really does make me feel better. No, but, 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 but to your own, if you want to use the screwdriver, okay. It was a, it, 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 as you'll hear here, it's a, it's a pretty good conversation. It's pretty real. It's not, uh, you know, not one of those canned messages for, for sales that, we'll, we'll, that we hear from a lot, of, uh, a lot of the vendors we've talked to at, at previous events, so. It's worth a worth a quick listen here. So what's the tape for? And maybe you can't tell me, but no, 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 no. Everybody knows. It just helps to like keep it nice and firm in place, and then okay. so it's also flapping up in the wind. Yeah. Also, when you pull one, then it will kind of help keep. Oh, keep sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, a lot of people have a hard time installing these on their helmets. Like I, I was trying to do, like every now and then I'll help my buddies with their helmets. I just did a awry and it was. Sucks. I don't know if it was the wrong tear off or what, but it just didn't fit right. And then, um, hey, Matt Yachty needed help with his AGV, and the pins were just really shitty. Like, I had the post, I just couldn't get in the sit where I wanted them to. Um, I like working on ours the most for sure. Probably pretty used to it by now. Well, it's just like out of the other ones I've worked on, it's just, it seems like it's the most. See, I've Whoa. had the best results with HJC Pinlock, <laughs> or their use of the Pinlock, I guess, to, to be more specific. You know? I, yeah, I've never tried one in another brand. Yeah, I started with Built, which is my own fault, really. But <laughs> Well, that's <laughs> start cheap. That's but... a house brand. Yeah, I know. Cycle gear, right? Yeah. 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 And not the good one, because they now have even one that they tout to be okay. What brand's that? Sedici. Uh, that one's okay? I, I've actually, I've got a couple things that is Sadiji not too bad. Okay. Got a jacket, it's nice. You got that new jacket, that actually I'm gloves, my gloves, although, trying on the, those those attache over there, so it was like, oh crap man, these track, yeah, they're Sadiji. They're a little rough. I'll trying those on, there's a difference. Our, just, our, one of our shooters just came out with a house brand, I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's just like a, yeah, it's just a cheap brand. I know, I mean, between HAC and, you know, the other companies, like I've seen, what is that? I think strength and steel. I've seen show up on like the Yamaha house brand 
for a while, and uh, you guys all kind of will, will manufacture for others from time to time. Oh, well, yeah, we actually make a lot of, because we own our own manufacturing facility, yep. we do make a lot of other brands. Yeah. Uh, but then you have, like, Harley, Yamaha did that this, um, a few companies, they just, like, Harley, Harley's notorious for this. They're like, we like that, make it for us, but it's branded as Harley, it's more expensive. Yep. Um, the warranty oh, yep. is usually, like, a third of what our warranty is. I'm actually, I'm, I think I'm the one that convinced me to go HJC. Well, you do. I've been a fan. I mean, you get so many features for such a much lower price. Yeah. I mean, the, the pin lock, great example. Well, and I want The base the, model freaking helmets have a pin lock. Yeah, yeah you got the built-in comms, that's nice. Every, well, they're not technically built in, it's they're just not, like, but it's, the helmet's it's, made for right, it. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's partnered with Senna, right? Senna makes the specific HJC version. Yeah, that yeah. Goes that's all yeah. smart HJC. Yeah. Yeah. If you call Senna, like, like troubleshooting it, they won't help you. Really? They just want you to call HJC. That's which is our office, and we have literally five people in our office. In fairness, yeah. it's a yeah. good partner. Give, <laughs> give this to the receptionist. <laughs> so, and the funny thing is, is like... <laughs> They don't do if you comms. Call, if you call our office, like the people answer the phone, or like myself, and then the other guy that comes to the races. So it's not you're not calling to like a customer service. You're not calling a customer service right. department. You're just calling. You just call it the office for HJC. Yeah, you're just yeah. you're talking to marketing and race services people. Um, no, I do like my Santa comms in the back. You know, screws up into the back yep. of the helmet. I like that. I love when people like so surgical. So we we do everything we can to make people happy. If it's not in our, because we don't actually we don't do the warranties ourselves. We don't import yeah. the helmets ourselves. So we don't have we don't sell anything out of office. We don't have helmets and accessories. Right. So if people call pissed off like, hey, I can't get this right now. And right now with like helmet sales in general, it's like, fuck, man. Manufacturing is the same. Like yeah. everybody like we're out of cheap pads and shields and stuff. And um, like dealers are having a hard time keeping like anything on their shelves. Um, and, our, and our distributors are ordering a ton more than they normally order. So it's not like they're not, we're just, it's not like we're not like producing them fast enough. We're producing them way, we're way more and way faster than we've ever had. Uh, it's still not enough. And it's just not enough. So it's a good problem to have. Um, people call and they'll get pissed because it's like, look, like we don't import this stuff. Like I don't know when it's coming in. I don't know what dealers even have anything. They're like, you don't know who sells your product. I'm like, we have a dealer locator, but I don't have an inventory database where yeah. I can be like, hey, this is here. Um, and they're always like, well, I can't find anywhere, so I figured I'd just come straight to you. And then when you're like, I, we can't do anything about it, they're like, oh, so I think that you don't take care of your customers, stuff like that. It's like, man, I can't do anything about it. So it's just, there's funny stuff like that. I had one guy who had a Harley helmet, and um, he called, and I was like, hey, if, if you buy any accessories for this model, it's going to fit your model. But Harley, their interior is a different color. Um, sure. And, Orange. <laughs> and so he was furious at us because our interior that fit that helmet was a different color. And I was like, dude, legally our our distributors cannot import Harley no, stuff. They're not allowed that's to. A Harley thing, yeah. That's so our and they're like, well, you're the manufacturer. Yeah. It comes from your factory. You can get it for me. I'm like, no, I can't. Only Harley can. So it's funny when like people call yeah, like. But there are customers that are just aren't going to be happy. Yeah, and I know that. Unless you absolutely then, give them exactly. But I'm not. There's a, nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Well, yeah. They're only that mad because Harley already gave them the finger. I Harley gives. I mean, I don't want Harley. <laughs> they give me the finger all the time. They're already like nothing we can do. Call HJC. I went in there for one service and I haven't been back. 
and I've never bought anything uh, from them either. Sounds like most bikes I've ever owned. I yeah. worked for Xerox for 36 years when we were out of, somebody placed a big order for printers. And they wanted, wanted like 60, and I'm like, they, they were delayed from the ship, because, you know, the parts we needed is coming from freaking Japan. I'm like, where are they? Well, they're on the ship. Well, when are they going to arrive? You know, I, I can say, I can tell you they're going to arrive at Long Beach, but I can't do till they're arriving, right? He was so pissed. You get that, you know, you get that ship in the dock right away. Ma'am, I have nothing to do with the order of the ship docking at the at the Long Beach, you know, pier. And I lived in Long Beach when everything was really back up, and you just see, like, you can see the ports off the just lined up. And it was a ship for miles. Lined up. I know. There's nothing I can do, man. Crazy. I need that right away. I want to talk to your supervisor. I said, thank you. Well, if you do that <laughs> at our office, you. like, if you do that at our office, I'll hand it to Robert, and Robert will hand it to me. Back off. Well, I'm just happy that I would talk to my supervisor, because get her out of my case. A little janky, but I think it's going to work enough. At least get him through a hot lab in case he gets a bug on it. No, but beyond this, I mean, it, it was fun to talk to HJC. One of the other companies we got to get in touch with was, as mentioned before, Taiichi, uh, which is a Japanese uh, equipment, right? Moto clothes company. Uh, and they've, based on the conversation, and you'll hear this again in this next interview, our next discussion, really, none of these are, are really one-on-one. That was what I kind of enjoyed, the candidness of these these conversations. Is they weren't, you know, can message interviews for the most part. It was, you know, let's chat. Here's a microphone in between us, but let's have a, a real conversation. And it was pretty similar here that they kind of position themselves with Alpenstar and some of these bigger brands, but have chosen just within their policy or within their sales, you know, plan to not go through some of the big guys, right? Your Revzillas and your Cycle Gears and these things. They don't sell through them. They've decided to kind of sell their own way, which better or worse, call it what it is. Uh, they did, however, have a few things for sale and available there, uh, which I could try on. And, and I'll tell you, it was pretty good pretty good stuff. I tried on some gloves, tried on a jacket, despite it being 115 degrees, and, and quite honestly, everything felt, <laughs> felt pretty high quality. So I, I was pretty impressed with their gear. Right? Right. I mean, Did they give you something for so free? So we didn't get anything for free. I can tell you right now, they did give us and everyone that listens a discount code. And uh, this goes to the end of the month. So it's a July only discount code. Um, that being said, I guarantee, uh, or I don't guarantee, but it should go beyond that. My guess is it'll go well into the end of the season based on conversation. But officially it's a July code and the code is Hector because that's their driver. H-E-C-T-O-R. So I recommend all, you know, everybody, if you're interested in gear, gloves, jackets, whatever it may be. You can take that. 99% off. Yeah, it's not quite that high, but uh, I believe it's a a pretty good... I mean, it's a discount. Okay. I mean, I'm just teasing around, but but okay, cool. I'm trying to remember. I believe this is a 15%. I'd hate to be misquoted on that. I should have rechecked. You only have to pay 15%. Go check. That's good. Go check it out. Check out their stuff. Um, It's definitely Japanese-made. That was the big thing he mentioned. You'll hear that here in the interview, but you'll also notice... Or I also noticed when I tried on some of the gear that it was, uh, you know, a little... Actually, you know, I tried on the XL gloves, which is what I usually wear, and they fit really well. So I, he kind of mentioned that it's Japanese cut, right? It's kind of more for the that kind of body type or the generic... You know, they do that with helmets and gear, kind of give it a uh, a spot. 
that that kind of lets you decide if it's your size. They've got sizing charts, so you'll be able to make out, you know, whether it's the right size or for you. Um, but it fit great. So I really, you know, although he mentioned that, it didn't seem to have a problem on me, and I am definitely not a small uh, person. So. <laughs> Are you saying the Japanese are small? Generally, I think so. I think that was what he was trying to imply is that it's for, you know, maybe maybe thinner thinner than I. Um, I think he was trying just not thinner to call I. me fat. Okay. And and you'll hear in the interview I called myself out, so it's all good. But uh, it fit fine for me in okay. the site, right? I went to XL, which is what I generally put on for something that I would think might be small. Um, and it fit great. So I recommend it. It was definitely high equipment. I, uh, you know, I'm actually 50 bucks for a pair of gloves, hundred bucks, 200 bucks. It depends how extreme you want to go. So, uh, the, they had some, some short gauntlet racing gloves that I was actually summer style, right? It, it's all leather, but some good mesh air breathing spots, obviously being that hot. That's what I was looking at is what's going to work when I go to California here in a month. Uh, and it's hotter than yeah. heck. What's, what's going to be a good choice. Uh, they fit really well and they seem to breathe pretty well, even without the airflow. Um, and mm-hmm. they were, I believe it was 49 without the discount. So, um, and they were, they're lower cost options than that. These were, you know, fully armored. These weren't the, you know, put them on to go push a dirt bike around, right? The, I know you can get those cloth dirt bike gloves and whatever from all of these manufacturers. These were pretty good ones. So, um, you know, I, they've got anything for your price point, but it did seem to be on par with anything I've tried on. I didn't get any long-term use or anything, so take it for what it is. But it does seem to be on par with some of the bigger brands, some of the Alpen Stars and and some of these higher higher end companies. So, you know, I, I believe what he said. It looked to be good quality. They had a good option there to look at. Um, check it out. Check it out. Don't forget, you know that that discount code Hector will uh, will save you money if you're looking at gloves anyway, and they're the same price as the Alpen Stars. Save some cash. So that was, I thought that was cool that we were able to kind of get a discount code there that anybody, you know, if you went to the race and talked to him, you'd get the same one, but he's like, dude, share it with everybody. So here we are, but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, it's a pretty, this one's a short conversation, but definitely has, uh, has some good info on some gear that I didn't know really about. I'll be honest till that conversation. I didn't even know existed. So something worth checking out if you're looking for gear. Well, we're mostly known for our racing gear. Uh, but I brought the street gear out to show people it exists. Okay. Um, it's Japanese, uh, super high quality stuff, and uh, we, we like to support the sports. So we got a lot of riders out there to this. So, yeah. can I pull this off? Yeah, go ahead. Where would you guys compare yourself kind of in the market with some of the more common Alpha brands? Stars, okay, Amazing, the, Amazon, the, big, the big guys. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We just have terrible marketing. Because oh, I'm in charge of it, and I suck at it. <laughs> I doubt that, then. <laughs> I'm learning. Some of it's probably, I mean, the, the big box stores push who they push. Well, that's the big deal is we, we refuse to sell for Rebzilla yep, early. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you, you understood. <laughs> uh, they, a lot of companies get marketing through them because they're powerful. Yep. You know? um, so people haven't heard of us, and it's hard to... Hard to become well known. So, would you consider a comparison? I didn't even notice there was a hoodie. Is there? Uh, I mean, is there something that sets you guys apart from some of these other guys, or just biggest a good alternative? Is, biggest thing is fit. Okay. Um, it's it's very narrow, and a lot of guys that like if you if you're skinny, you haven't had 
jacket that ever fits you well. That's fair. Right. I have the opposite problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so. Um, I put an alpha star on, I'm like, ah, it would be nice if they took out the gut a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, you can tell they're actually riders and uh, nice. build the stuff to ride in, not just to, to wear. Cool. Thank you. But if you like that Tokyo style, then it's, it's for you. The Tokyo Drift Clubs. Interesting. Yeah, one of the other conversations we had as well uh, within the, the options there, and we're just kind of throwing these in line. I know in the breaks here, Brad and I are laughing about this, but it's not, uh, maybe the transitions could be better, but here we are, you know, we got these cool interviews and we don't want to not share them. Um, well, everybody thought it was fine until you said that. I, that's so, that's anyway. fair. I like to call myself out all the time. You guys know that by now. But well, you already said you're fat. I thought you looked good. But anyway. <laughs> Appreciate that. But I had a, <laughs> had a brief conversation on uh, on some track schools. Uh, we, we actually went and looked at a handful of, right, obviously anybody that does one or is affiliated with one had a, you know, a flyer or something to give out. But one of the track schools was pretty cool. Um, we had a good chat. It, it's not long. By the time we kind of began recording, he was talking with a lot of people. And by the time I can get a little one-on-one chat before he had to run off and and do the sales pitch, basically, <laughs> to, to someone else. This was one of those moments. Didn't get a ton of time, but got a little info. Um, but this is a pretty cool track company. Listen in for, for all the details here, because I don't want to butcher it by, by saying it myself here. So listen in. Um, but we were able to get some information on what they do. And really what one of their cool features is you can purchase a weekend package to where they provide the bike, the gear, the everything you need, and you can show up to any track that they're doing a track day. Um, and although it's Ooh. not cheap, <laughs> if you really think about the experience, it's also not ridiculous for what you do, right? If Okay, I'm going to take a gander, $800. A little more than that. It's it's definitely in, in, in the up higher than a thousand. Yep. Yep. So we're talking, it depends on the track, depends on the event, right? Some are cheaper than others. You find the place you want to go. But if you were looking to ride, and one of the places I've always wanted to visit is the Barber Motorsports Park. They do a. They've got a track there at the at the uh, at the museum. Just outside is is one Moto America races there every year. But it's a pretty cool track and a pretty awesome museum. So if you were going to go make a weekend of an experience there and also ride the track, you could. Right? They'd show up. They'd have your gear. They'd have a bike, a, a brand new. Uh, BMW S1000RR looking ready for you to go. Ooh. And it's not like they're giving you, okay. you know, an R3 or a, a Ninja 300. You're getting a, I mean, professional race bike ready to go on. Okay, so track. with the expectation that you have experience riding a bike, riding something of that size as well? I don't think, they because it's a that? school, there's not much of a of an expectation, no. Um, so is this like a three-day school? Correct. So, well, it depends. Again, it depends on which one you do, which weekend you look at. Um, you know, it's not uh, necessarily the uh, the simple. Everything's the same. So, right, some tracks they'll do a two-day weekend. Some of them, I think, I think a few of them, if I remember correctly, and have to pull it up here. Uh, a few of them were just for a single day at, at a track, which is significantly less expensive and easier to to manage there. Um, some of them were three days. They even do international tracks from time to time. So if you keep track of what they're doing, you know, that you could do a track in, in Europe or Asia, or, you know, we kind of got into that, that they'll do international track days and you can fly out and have that international experience. And if, 
you know, the majority of everyone there maybe speaks a different language, they will actually begin to provide translators and, and such that everybody can participate and have that experience. So it, it really seemed like what they offer is kind of a pretty cool niche track experience that that is above and beyond a, a track day, right? Uh, if you like beamers. Well, I guess that's fair. That being said, they are pretty amazing. Things. <laughs> um, knowing that Rob rides one and having never seen anybody ride like that in my life, I have to say that, that they're pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, they're, they're pretty cool. Uh, it's a pretty cool opportunity. I think that it was something that, uh, you know, that I didn't necessarily didn't necessarily know was a was a full on thing that you could go and just have everything you needed to to run a track day and uh, a weekend or whatever and and do everything you wanted. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a pretty cool opportunity. No, we don't have a discount code or anything like that, but it's worth checking out. Uh, all the details are are here. So, you know, listen up. It's just fun, quick, quick interview. But I thought it was an interesting opportunity, and and there may be other track days that do it again. We have no affiliation or discount or any reason to, to necessarily pick them other than we got to chat with them for a minute. But uh, but it was pretty cool to see that uh, that these opportunities exist, that if you really want to ride track and you don't maybe don't have the bike or don't have the means to get your bike to the location or, you know, you don't want to do your local track anymore and you want to go somewhere a little more unique or crazy. Spend a bunch of money. I mean, you can. If you've got the money, the opportunity exists for yeah. any of us. So. You know, and it's not it's not cheap, but it's not <laughs> stupid money, right? It, it's not you're not buying a Ferrari. You know, it, be, it sounds like a great opportunity, especially if you were traveling somewhere that you just want to go somewhere random. You want to get there. You don't have to ride there. You want to be able to do some event while you're there. Maybe it's some side shoot event that you get to do when you're on this week long adventure with your uh, spouse or on your honeymoon. I'm sure that'll go over well. Then you could also do this and ride a BMW. I think it's a great opportunity. So. Well, in any case, the, the recording turned out a little a little iffy, but nonetheless, check out the California Superbike School. A uh, pretty cool group, and, and I re- recommend you take a look at it, especially if you're, uh, if you're looking at riding somewhere that's not where you live. Uh, it's a pretty cool opportunity. Now, outside of all this, my favorite conversation that I had the whole time was definitely with jake gagne um just because right if if you don't follow moto america you may not know who he is but if you follow guaranteed you know who he is uh you know he's been competing and within the leader group for a couple years now but this year just dominating um and was walking by kind of just watching them work on the yamahas uh the r1s that they've got for for his team there for the yamaha team and um you know, he, he comes popping out of the trailer. And so it was just, I, I could not not ask to to chat with him for a minute. And I, I couldn't believe how chill the guy was. I mean, you know, he's, he just, this was on Sunday and he had just annihilated the competition on Saturday. Um, you know, basically just, just run away with it after being the top qualifying, you know, he started pole from top qualifying time, but just barely above Baz on the Ducati team. So there was a bit of a, you know, a concern there, and I think Baz is a bit frustrated with it, but the way that he rides, the intelligence that he takes his track time with, I mean, you watch him ride, and 
he's got all of his breaking points. He's got every single point mapped out. And you can see almost the wheels turn as he's looking at the next point and beyond and riding just so quickly. I mean, it's just ridiculous how quickly he puts, you know, two, three, four, five, six seconds on the rest of the crew and just then maintains. Um, You know, it's one thing to to lead the group, but it's another thing to just kind of be running your own race ahead of the group uh, when everyone else is fighting behind you. And that's really what both races were. And I know a lot of races throughout the season. Again, if you watch Moto America, you've seen it. Um, And then to just pull him aside and and have a quick conversation. It it was just, you know, ask him how the weather, how he was dealing with the heat. You'll get kind of all of his answers here, but you know what, what he's thinking about it. And and we get a little bit of info on the track that I really no one else had told. We talked to a few people without, uh, without being able to record and, and had mentioned, you know, obviously everybody mentioned the heat issue and, and that no one expected, I've already said it once, but no one expected Seattle to be the hottest race of the year and, and similar sentiment from him, but he gets into real specifics on, you know, issues on the track. And, and it was pretty cool to just, he basically sat down and laid it out and he didn't have a ton of time. Uh, he had a friend in that was about to go do a, a ride along. They were doing that at the lunch break, kind of. They had a couple of uh, a couple of two up bikes available, and he had, I guess, somebody stop in to to visit that was about to go do a ride along on one of those. So he was going to go watch. Um, so he didn't, you know, we didn't have infinite time with him by any means. But the fact that he took a minute between running to go do what he was doing and chat with us was really cool. And how down to earth he was, I, I was impressed. And and quite honestly, with all of the riders, I was able to at least quickly get a hey, how's it going with, um, and teams, it was just shocking how, how down to earth everybody was. And I think that this conversation here really locks that in and, and proves the point that, you know, that the Moto America is really doing a good thing to make racing in America accessible. again. Wow. So awesome. it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, enjoy this one. I know I did just the conversation itself. It's kind of fun to chat with somebody that is so far above my skill set that I don't think that no matter how much I try, I will never make, you know, I can't catch up to that ever. So, pretty cool conversation here. That was so impressive yesterday. Thank you. That Thank was you. good. We got off to well, a couple first laps. Yeah. yeah it's not the first time you've done that, though. Uh-huh. No, it's it's not. It's consistent. It'll be tough. These guys will be coming for you today, so we'll have to make sure we stay on. That was fun to watch. Really fun. Yeah. I I don't know. So do you keep a pretty close eye of making sure you continue to move forward? I I noticed that once they catch it. Yeah, you look at the pit board. And it looks like. If I see like plus two, then I know. If I got a couple seconds, I can just get in a rhythm. And you don't have to kind of block the, you know. Ride a defensive line, sure. Like that, you know, so. Run your own air, fresh air. Yeah, fresh air is good. <laughs> <laughs> Can only imagine not breathing everybody's yeah, exhaust. That was fun. But yeah. How are you feeling though? Was yeah, that heat yeah. just brutal? Yeah, just freaking brutal. It's gonna be worse today. But, yeah, I know. but everybody's in the but same we, heat. We even race at two today. Yesterday we raced at four. Yeah, so like the heat we were excited for that. Four or five, you know. We yeah. were excited so for that early. Better. We're not staying for the junior. Once oh, you're okay. done, I'm freaking yeah, out. Yeah, no, we're just here for <laughs> your guys' race. Like, we're out of here. Yeah, don't tell that. them that. Yeah, yeah don't tell them that. <laughs> we were talking to a guy over there. Oh, yeah, we don't race till three. It's like, yeah. It's going to get worse. Yeah, I'll sorry, buddy. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was fun. I was for the TV. I'll watch it then. 
Yeah, right? That was fun yesterday. Yeah. Actually, yeah, It looked like you kind of You were game. Oh, we were up top of the top. The top. Yeah, yeah, top. Yeah. You just see so much of the track from up there. You don't see the straight, but, you know, you get all that. So. Yeah. It's not bad. I, this track, do you love this track? It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, really the, the, the elevation all and all that. Yeah. It's, it's tough, too, which is. Which is all right. Coming break. in 13 on. I mean, no some tight corners. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, some, some really, like, that one's really tight. That one on the top. Yeah. There's a lot of first gear turns here, actually. Probably more than any other place. You know, usually we don't use first gear a whole right, lot. Right, right. Now, how, how do you feel about the upgrades? I know last year this place wasn't the same. Yeah, they, oh, they did a great job. They did a great job. Yeah. I mean, it's so hot this weekend, though. Like, if you go look at turn one and two, the asphalt's actually oh, kind of breaking up because it's new. Oh, really? So, like, I oh, heard wow. some guys in Superbike Race talking about it yesterday. Interesting. So wow. Keep an eye out over there. It might be exciting. <laughs> yeah. So, he's got a track day here in August. Uh -huh. So, like, what of your tips? He's never ridden this track before. He can't, like, when they do track days, like, tomorrow, he can't be here. Yeah, just, it's, it's, you just got to get, like, the right reference. There's a lot of blind stuff, you know, it's just gonna take its laps. Like, I, with the new place, I always just try to stay relaxed, not like push anything, but kind of keep your eyes up and look for as many like brake markers and stuff as you can, you know. Because here it is a little weird, there's stuff that's a lot of stuff's kind of blind, you know. So, once you figure out where you gotta be, and it's like. It's elevated. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, so when you kind of go up over some of the hills, that's when it's kind of blind, you know, like if you go up the big hill by the grandstands and you tip it right, you got to find out, find that spot. Yeah, everybody, you know? that you just, oh, I mean, you're catching air over that hill. Almost, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looked like. crazy. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're coming off that top. And then this downhill over here looks sketchy as hell. Oh, Right yeah, before the, the street. Short, yeah. yeah. That it's, looks sketchy. It is, like a little mini court street. Yeah. Yeah. Goes through surface. It's, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's got a little more grip than last year. It's a little faster, smoother for sure. Uh, like I was just saying, in turn one and two, that's so hot, the asphalt's actually starting to break up now. So, like, it's kind of getting interesting in there. Interesting. But, that's into the chicane. Yeah, right, right, at, right in turn one and two, if you look right at the apex, you kind of see it. You know, you can breaking. see it breaking up. Yeah, it's cracking up. Like, I heard guys That'd yesterday in the Superbike race, if they were behind somebody, they could kind of, little pebbles no, no, popping no, no, up, you know? Just because it, it just breaks out a little bit. But they did a good job. It's going to be really hotter smooth. today. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who thought Seattle would be yeah. the hottest race of the year? What's that? Who thought Seattle would be the hottest race of the Not year? Me. Nobody. This is like This is 75. You, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Sure. We're from the area. Yeah. yeah. This, last time it, we're just as shocked as you are. Does it get triple digits like in the middle of summer? Or not? Once or uh, twice. Or maybe a week at best. might break 100 yeah. once or twice yeah. a year. It's weird. Late August? Yeah, this will probably yeah. be our hottest Late race August. of the year. <laughs> I would, I usually it's I like we will. come here and just hope it doesn't rain, right? Like, yeah. 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 Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. We're My looking forward to watching. I'm about to go on the back of yeah. the forest, so I'm going to go. I need to go check around. You better, hold you on better go thing. help. <laughs> and yeah, that, that really rounds out all of the uh, the chats we were able to have, which is probably, you know, given the fact of how hot it was and how much everybody was either working their butts off or hiding in the air conditioning of their uh, of their units, right? Everybody kind of had their truck or their trailer or whatever, depending on the amount of money each team brought with them, right? Because <laughs> some of them were straight up RVs and some of them were, you know, the, uh, the double-decker semi-trailer that has everything and anything you'd ever want. So each team kind of had their setup based on sponsorship money. Um, but 
you know, the fact that we were able to get a conversation with anybody with that heat and kind of with everything going on, because it was really either a mad dash or resting in the AC. There was not a lot of lounging and hanging out happening, which was probably, you know, made it a little different. But definitely as an intro to, to us being able to come and get some content and spend time at this kind of an event was uh, was pretty cool. Really, you know, made us test our ability to, to get people to spend a minute with us and uh, and try to see what we can learn and, and gain. And, and I know at least for me, I'm going next year. No doubt at all. No, it sounds like you had a really good time. Uh, yeah, maybe next year people will be coming and running to us for the interviews. I think that uh, you know we're pretty becoming pretty notorious. I mean, everybody knows Slack. I know all my friends know me. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> starting to, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm glad that you got to share with that, and that you guys got to go. Uh, Chicken Hawk, uh, appreciate you. Uh, you know, I always try to come up with a new name for you. So today you're going to be, uh, Bob Doik. Uh, so thanks Bob, um, for going with Addison. And, um, no, I, I can't wait to see what happens moving forward. I know that this was a little bit of a, of a stretched episode. I think we'll get back into the cadence of things now that we're not worrying about trying to do something huge for, for episode 100, uh, setting some high expectation, but, uh, so it's uh, it's great doing this with no, you. No, I agree. I appreciate it, man. I can't believe we've made it this far. Quite honestly, it's it's pretty incredible that we didn't just give up after one. Uh, <laughs> it's also pretty incredible that we've had so many people listen that we have because I think we're idiots. So appreciate everybody joining along. We know that. Uh, yeah, it's not even a thought at this point. We we know. Um, <laughs> but no, it's been fun. It's been a, it's been an awesome journey. And yeah, to your point, I think we've decided moving forward on, on a biweekly standard. I think that's something we can keep up with, we can run with, and still have time to wrench and ride and fit it all in uh, and still spend time with family because, you know, the the, the moto community and, and family are really what we like to uh, to represent and, uh, and bring together. So keep an ear out. We'll have some events. We'll have things going on. Uh, we'll try to bring more content like the track day where we're getting, you know, more than just Brad and I spouting garbage at each other and, you know, a lot more content from from the community. Uh, and so appreciate everybody. It's been an awesome hundred episodes. Keep with us, keep an eye out for the next one here in two weeks and, uh, check us out on Facebook or Instagram or anywhere you can find us. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Q fireworks now. <laughs>